Hey community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog coming to you for uh, round, heading into round 22. So that by my maths means we've only got, this is the third last podcast for the year, plus any bonus content. Who knows? There's going to be stuff. Who knows? Don't worry about it. Don't unsubscribe. I accidentally just paid for another year of hosting the podcast feed, so you've got to stay subscribed. Anyway. I am joined by the wonderful co-host of the Footy Mailbag. It is Clarky. How are you? I'm very well. My team won. My super coach team died. You know, it's real mixed bag, and you just gotta you gotta take those. <laughs> you gotta take those well, hard losses. I mean, I've kind of just brought you in to preview the bloody Blues v Melbourne Demons this weekend, mate. It's gonna I be a big to- bloody match. Can't wait for both of us to be sad and spend the whole week talking about how we're going to lose. Somebody no, has- no. I uh, The carton is going to win, um, and it's not even going to be close. So I don't need to be sad. Very good. Very good. Uh, the, Very t- the- you know what? Very typical. As long as Brisbane don't win and Port lose as well, I'll be happy. That's fine. The Blues don't lose again this year. Okay. Let's. Well, you said, why is your super coach team dead? What's going on? Uh, look, I've been out of trades for a few weeks, so I've been relying heavily on captain scores, and then, oh, only only Nick Dacos going and absolutely destroying his knee, and, you know, our, our big news topic for the week, Josh Dunkley decided to disappear, Rory Laird, another sub-ton, Lockie Neal, another sub-ton, Callum Mills overachieved compared to his last few weeks, so it's all just, it's, look, it's a rocky ride home, and I knew it was going to be like this, but... Can't help but be disappointed. I want to be empathetic with you, but I also want to humble brag about my own team. Please do. Finally, we on- I only report on my team when it's been a good week. So, uh, got well over 2,500 this week. Yes, the day cost news hurts. But the good news is that I've got Mason Redmond sitting on my bench alongside George Stewart and Callum Mills. So, I should... You had to cover it, which is good. What's your current season rank like? Uh, under the pump, under the pump. Don't know how to don't know how to see that on the desktop. Uh, scored 25-44 for the week. I am 2,549th, which is all right. Uh, pretty good. I'm happy with that. I would have mind be a little, a little bit higher, but that's okay. We can't beggars can't be choosers. Top one percent. That's that's the goal. That's the dream. Focused on depth on this run home. So saw me bring in over the last few weeks, Mason Redman, Luke Jackson, Keller Mills and George Hewitt all to sort of sit on my bench and cover, which they've been doing to doing pretty well. And I was not expecting Luke Jackson to go out and score a 173. I don't even know what he did, but he did it very well. And that's all that matters, really. 
Uh, so we should touch on, well, you touched on it, but we should talk about the elephant in the room, and that is young Nicholas Dacos. I don't believe his name is actually Nicholas, but Nick Dacos. Whew. So six-week injury at best means he's done for the Supercoach season. Done for the football season as well. Well, yeah, I mean, they he, they could play in the grand final and uh, he could come back for that, but unfortunately they lose to Carlton in the preliminary final. I've already seen it, already seen the results, folks. Nick Dacos, he, I mean, I guess the thing that hurts the most, other than, you know, missing the rest of the year, is he scored 41 and his <laughs> price dropped just enough to be really inconvenient if you are hoping to upgrade him to a Sicily or someone like that. Yeah, I think it it screams to me that now is the time, especially in these last few weeks and, you know, you're in Supercoach finals, it's it's time to take some leaps of faith. Uh, Sam Doherty, I think, is nicely priced uh, at the 580 mark to be a reasonable and easy jump from Nick Dacos. Uh, Nick Newman. Like, talk to me about Nick Newman. I was about to say, there's a better Carlton option, mate. It's Nick Newman. Averaging 98 for the year, 543, 300. Essentially, as this year they've, well, I guess I'll say slowly, but they've moved Doherty into essentially a permanent midfield role now. And Nick Newman was the one to benefit. So he's basically taking a Sam Doherty role, but he's kicking, he's, he's better than Sam Doherty, and his marking seems to be better than Sam Doherty, meaning he's able to score points. So since we've gone on, I say we, since Carlton have gone on their winning streak, 121, 59, 114, 106, 92, 137, and 144, they're using him a lot. He's tackling. He's becoming a real leader for them in defense. But as I said, it's it's his kicking that is really setting him apart. He had 26 kicks on the weekend, and most of them hit a blue. So, yes, bloody pod. He's one of the most traded in players this week, though. 1,800 people have bought him in. Less of a pod now, but still, at that price, I think it's hard to hard to quantify that it's a bad trade, really. Yeah, obviously, you know, the risk is, has he ever done it? He's never really done it, blah, 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 blah. I love the role that he's playing, and I don't see it changing. I just don't see it changing this year, at least, anyway. Maybe next year it changes when Zach Williams is back at the side, but for now, Nick Newman, the beast, is back. Yeah, and I think the Blues as well, they won't want to mess with their structure too much because whatever you guys are doing is working. There's about five weeks ago, there was angry callers to SEN, flags burning, marching in all of Ligon Street. So, I think Carlton will ride the good times while they're there. And if you don't have trades, then I hope Constable comes back for you. Thoughts and thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, shout out to everyone listening. If you've just heard background noise for the last seven minutes, apologies. Uh, <laughs> no further information required. Let's talk about other options to cover Nick Dacos. So I like Newman. I like Doherty. Sicily, if you can afford him, is the one. But I guess one of the benefits of Dacos, he he grabbed a mid-defensive status earlier in the year. So 
you might be sitting out there and you might be able to do some loopy loops and do some movie moves. So there are some other players that we should consider. Zach Butters being one of them. Mid forward, 564k. He was back, scored 137 on the weekend, averaging 110 for the year. And I kind of missed him. I could have grabbed him last week. I opted to go for uh, Mason Redmond instead. Probably, in hindsight, a silly call, but 134 and 137 over the last two weeks. He's back, baby. He's back. Um, I think Max Gorn, if you want to move stuff really, really far around. Uh, I think there's, if you're running like a Darcy Cameron or whatever, because you couldn't bear to go through any of your other ruck options, um, definitely time to look at moving some things around to get Max Gorn in while the form is hot for him. Yeah, I mean, Max Gorn is really good at super coach. I think, shout out, by the way, here's a little piece of information. We've touched on it a couple of times. If you've got one trade left, you can hit, well, anyone can do this, but it works primarily if you have one trade left. If you hit optimize, the optimizer will actually move players around into different positions for you as if you were doing the trade loophole. It does work if you have zero trades left as well. And the downside is if it does it wrong, you can't undo it. So it's good to do it with one trade. But if you are trying to work out, oh, how the hell do I get Harry Himmelberg into defense? I've only got one trade. What am I going to do? Hit optimize if you've got the optimize feature. It might just show you a little tricky way to rejig your team and give you some cover. Or it could ruin your team. Take your pick. That is, there is a risk. And sometimes yeah. I've seen like the trade recommender be like, you should trade Nick Dacos to Zach Williams. You know, it doesn't always work. But sometimes the optimizer will help you out of in a pinch. Yeah. I mean, Tom Green's back as well while we're talking yeah. on the 126 on the weekend and was just in everything. So is he – he's such a – so I, I haven't owned him, and I know you're a big fan. Is he, like, legit – is next year he going to be a super premium or is he just going to keep teasing us and teasing us and teasing us? Honestly, it could go either way. I, I think GWS haven't really matured enough this year to show us into their future because he is playing well and then it's at the expense of Josh Kelly. Um, Stephen Cornelio turned up on the weekend as well as it just sort of barely limped there or it seemed like he was going to barely limp there but then came home all right so i think there's nothing in my brain to go next year tom green is going to be a must-have especially if he ends up at the high 500 price um possibly even you know depending on how the rest of the season goes at a 600 price tag not someone i'd be looking at because we just we just don't know gws have really strong guts in terms of getting the wins and grinding them out and taking teams by surprise. But as far as a super coach aspect goes, I mean, Lockie Whitfield has been having the run home of his life apart from, I think, this week. But that just came out of nowhere. So we haven't learned anything. But I think Tom Green is kind of – he's an accumulator. So you know the volume of touches are there if he uses it well enough. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm too scared to touch to touch him. Uh, I do get it. Another guy I'm scared of, but I can see he's going to be traded in this week. Mate, Jack's evil. He's back. They're going to give him three more games of doing whatever the hell he wants in defense, apparently. 
324k, 900 defense forward swing. Scored a 127, had basically all of his disposals in D50, was absolutely Z-gulling it up. And Melbourne liked kicking it high and long, so it was almost perfect for him. <laughs> wasn't it all uh, that's what we, That's what the Blues did for the first half as well. Yeah, it's it wasn't, good. A lot of, wasn't, a lot of yell, wasn't a lot of yelling at all at the television. Coming off a of 42 and a 26, though, maybe the Clarko times are good for Zeebel. Yeah, well, I mean, is Clarko going to play him as the sub? You feel like he's probably not. Are they going to rest him in the last three games? You feel like they're probably not. Generally, in particularly in the farewell game, teammates absolutely feed players. So Jake Siebel might score 200 in his final game if he plays in round 23. So there is some potential upside for you, but obviously the risk is under Rats, he was playing that sub role. I think that covers off all of the good good options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of players you could talk about. Mason Redmond, 449k, he came out and scored a 123. I thought he'd be doing more of this this year. He hasn't really, and particularly last week, which was the week I traded him in, when he scored 56. So I don't know if you've got a read on him. Got North, GWS, and Collingwood to come. Do you have any thoughts on him? None good. I think he's a fake primo. Oh, don't say, listen. Patch. Say the magic. Say the magic words. He's just like he's just not had the role this year. And then the, he goes on a patch of like three games where he'll score over a hundred and then go back down to seventies. There's there's no consistency in it. And yeah, I I, I, I think avoid. Is this the sort of hot takes we can expect on your new podcast, Footy Mailbag? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because I'm I'm no longer branded, um, and Damo can't control me because I'm 50% co-owner, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in theory, in theory. Um, Clark is coming out swinging. Yeah, if you actually follow our Twitter account, you can tell which tweets are by Damo and which tweets are by me by how unhinged they are, <laughs> uh, or how irrelevant they are. Um, Damo obviously only tweets the sensible stuff. Yeah, Damo very rarely atting people. At Sam, Fr- no, yeah, I don't know. At Sam Frost, you stink. I think that's a Clarky tweet generally. Yeah, very good. That's about right. I wonder if Sam Frost has Twitter. I can't, oh, sorry. I wonder if Sam Frost has X. Is it X now? It is. It's X.com. Oh, gross. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Darcy Parrish had a good game on the weekend, a 119, probably probably tardy scoring a little bit by being pretty errant with his uh, use of the footy. But a 119, that's three tons in a row for him, five tons out of his last six games. And he's still very, very cheap, 568K, 42K cheaper than he was at the start of the year. He's only, pro- he's only averaging 108 for the year, but I feel like he's more like a 110 to 115. I've just dropped my phone. Player. <laughs> Again, with North GWS and Collingwood to come, all teams where he scores quite highly. I'm just a fan of Darcy Parrish, and he's a pending free agent, and I want to know what's going to go on. Is he going to keep playing for the bag? Where are they saying he's going to move to? What's the, what's well, the latest? I, I don't know. Everyone says Geelong, but that would make me angry. That would be very funny. Um, yeah, no, Darcy Parrish, good for 110. 
to one fifteen, I think is is right on you. He's just he's come back and he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Like are Essendon gonna play finals? Maybe patch. Maybe you'll have to come back to Australia. You can't see a community, but I'm shaking my head. Uh, Let him believe. Vehement disagreement. <laughs> Actually, it'd be perfect for Patch to be out of the country when Essendon both play and make a final. I've now thought about it. I think you're right, and I I endorse this message. Yeah. More, we should more shout entertainment. Out, uh, we should shout out. By the way, the wasn't the only injury. Nick Dacos, unfortunately, some people had this man as a pod, but Will Powell. Uh, he's out for the year. Uh, well, sorry, I don't know that to be a fact. He got stretched off. His leg was in two pieces from what I could see, and I think I read that he's out for the year. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed. Uh, but obviously well, they, he's been a pod yes, for the run home. The, uh... That's so disappointing for him. Yeah. Pod for the run home, again, all of the, the replacements that we've mentioned here also apply to him. Yeah. He was very good when I got him uh, in round six or seven, and then he proceeded to be terrible, so I traded him out. Uh, and now he's back again, though, and now he's gone just as quickly. Those that shine bright burn out the fastest. Yes, much like the star above us, which won't be around forever, people. It won't be around forever. If people, listen, put this in. Uh, buy Brian Myers stonks in your keeper leagues. <laughs> something's the, the happening there. Geelong? Yeah, something's happening here. And it's I don't know what it is, but it's working out. Uh had him in my super coach team for my draft league. Helped me win uh my first final, which I have no business being in a top eight final in this particular league. But got help get me home. I mean, I respect that. So by Grind, Myers, Stonks. Who else? Uh we can buy Alex Witherden stonks with Shannon Hearn out. Scored a 107. Very tempting next year, particularly. We actually don't want him to score too much because he's averaging 84 this year. We really don't want him to score too much. Also, shout out to uh, Essendon. I don't know how we've gotten this tangent because we were about to change topics. But anyway, let's shout out to Essendon. Hey, guys, can we not debut Chartis three weeks before the season ends? Can oh, we just right? put him on ice till next year, please? Uh, ditto so Adelaide and Borlas. Borlas? James Borlase? Yeah. But that's fine. He's never going to play. He's never going to play. 112. I don't know, man. Well, that was good. If he continues I, that. If you ask Barrett, they've actively not played him. Like, <laughs> like they're trying to keep him out of the team. Hey, there was Kieran a Strawn in, style. There was a point in time where they were actively keeping Matt Crouch out of the team. And now look at him. Now look at him with three weeks left to go in his free agency year. They're trying to get some value into him so they could get a compensation pick. Matt Krause very much reminds me of like a, a Luke Dun- Dunstan-esque. He's better than Luke Dunstan, but like yeah. he can get a lot of the ball. Someone's going to trick themselves into thinking that that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, getting the ball is the first part of scoring, really, some might say. <laughs> yeah. It is the first part being, of the story. Yeah, being in contact with the ball. Uh, sell Jack Steele. Sell. Get Jack out of that. If you've, got, if you've got a trade left, get rid of him. If you have Also, already. Brad Crouch. Not, I'm not saying sell, but neither of them, I think, had a disposal in the fourth quarter against the Blues. 
Brad Cratch was on track for about 773 disposals at quarter time. So uh, very interesting. But yeah, Jack Steele, I'm just, I started Jack Steele this year, at the start of the year. I was really bu- uh, bullish on him. And then I watched him play for the first two weeks and I thought, I don't want this player in my team. And I'm just, and I just, for whatever reason, I know he, I've, I've never been a Jack Steele man. Even when he was really good, I was still not a Jack Steele man. Yeah. I just don't love something about it. It's um, St. Kilda have off vibes, and even only even owning Jack Sinclair doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't love the whole St. Kilda thing. No, the only one I might get around is like Wanganine Malira. I feel like yeah. he's got good vibes, but if he gets too St. Kilda fired, then again, it's disappointing stuff. Yeah. Is, uh, is now a good time for me to ask you, like, of what your takeaways are going to be for the 2024 season coming out of... Now that we're in Supercoach Finals and the run home to overall, what do you think your number one rule for selecting your team next year is going to be? Same as last year, baby. Don't pick players in defense or mid or... Sorry, defense or forward above 550k. And again, even 550k is too expensive, mate. It's very simple stuff. Pick players, okay, so another thing, pick players who are going to play. I know that's an obvious one, and what I'm referring to is I started a lot of those sort of mid-pricey 200 to 300K players, your Liam Stockers, your Liam Jones, etc. I think that gave me the opportunity to uh, avoid some of the bad rookies, so I didn't have any bad rookies dying on my field. So maximizing points on field early uh, is another one, and then, yeah, just... Dame and I did this exercise that I don't think enough people used on on the website in the preseason. And we went through and we did a depth chart preseason of every single team and where we thought they would draft to fill holes. So we did Carlton. They had no wingman. We locked in that they were going to draft wingman, right? Once the draft was completed, we filled in all the gaps with the draftees. Filled in that. And then after the two preseason games, again, we went back to that depth chart and sort of moved a couple of players around. What that gave us was a really clear picture of which rookies probably were going to play throughout the year. And and I think that's what's kind of given me a decent run this year was just nailing the rookie. So it's, yeah, who's going to play? Who's going to play lots of games? And who's going to maximize points? And then finally, sorry, I will give you a chance to respond. I I don't. I'm asking you for me. Don't trade out particularly the high-end rookies. Back him in for longer. So you, if you're Will Ashcroft, real Ashcroft-esque players, drop 170 or 270s, which used to be a really good rookie score, by the way. Don't cut bait. Long-term, their class is probably going to uh, raise their floor, uh, ignoring those lower scores. So for me, hold on to the rookies. Pick the right rookies, which is easier said than done. And uh, yeah, don't spend too, don't invest too much into premiums that aren't midfielders. Have you got any hot takeaways for next year? Uh, look, my my number one is going to be to have more captain options, and have I try yes. to have solid captain options because I feel like I have a a group of about three, maybe. Yeah, maybe three that I can sort of comfortably feel like, oh yeah, VCC is reasonably safe on these guys, and it's nerve wracking. 
to to not have a lot of diversity and to have to look at matchups and to do all those things. So finding that consistency um, is probably going to be something like from the start of the season because that's what's really, I think, long-term left me behind, apart from overusing trades mm. uh, because it's fun to trade. Uh, let's, let's be honest, people. You know it. I know it. It's fun to trade. If you've got trades there, you are going to use them because it's fun. Exactly. Um, but then you end up like me, uh, and I have not had a trade for about five weeks now. It's been a while. Maybe and they should I, add a feature where you like can black out at the start of like at the, before lockout starts or whatever. Like when lockout lifts, you can choose to like block out the trade button. I think that'd yeah. be a handy feature. Like you just can't access the trade feature once you push that button for a week. Yeah, I think. Um, you can set your own like sort of filters where it's only allow trades on odd numbered rounds. Yep, yep, yep. So That'd you can trade good. after you can trade uh, round three will be your first trade, uh, and then going even further, you can go every second odd round, and then your next trade is round seven. Yeah, perfect, perfect. That's perfect. it. Play play the long game. Um, that's probably one of my biggest takeaways is just to not not pull not pull the trigger. Have captain options because. Well, it catches up to you quick. I've somehow managed to hang out in the top 10,000 still, but there's still a lot of super coach left to play, which is still a good result for me. No, it's a great it's result. Um, absolutely. Uh, what's that, top 5%? That'd be top 5%. Let's have a look. Well, you're looking at uh, that. My total score is in the top 4%. Yeah, beautiful. I think... Trading into pods, I think starting pods is dumb. That's that's where I've landed. Starting yeah. pods is dumb. Okay. Here's why. It feels great to be the one that had the pod real early. But that's what round three is for, baby. The end of round two, that's what for trading's for. I started Bailey Dale and Dylan Moore, and I held them all year. And they're going to be okay picks. They're not going to be great picks. They're going to be okay picks. But I could have picked them both up at... 350k or 400k at some points but i just wanted to be smarter than everyone else and as a result i missed out on tim english i missed out on jordan dawson i missed out on uh, who's another one zach butters let's say like i can't remember exactly who i didn't start but it's because i was so committed to no no i have to be smarter than everyone else i have to have pods in my team i know everyone gets worried about cookie cutters but if you're going for rank you got to be cookie cutter to start off. You just have to. I I think there's no such thing as really is like a true pod pick that's anything other than a reach to try like to force differentiation. If that makes any if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Like I I I've done it to myself in the past, but then there's moments as well where it's like sometimes not trading is also like I've still got Clayton Oliver. Hmm. <laughs> I don't have any trades, so that's not going to change. But I ended up <laughs> deciding to trade Tom Green instead of Oliver because I held Oliver through. Anyway, I held Oliver at the start, and then by the time it came around to him being out for multiple weeks, I didn't have the trades left over. And I think sometimes you just got to be willing to go, well, everyone's doing this for a reason. Um, I, I remember having a conversation with Damo uh, at some point before the start of the season, and he told me he wasn't going to start Errol Goulden. Mm. Uh, because he I said didn't, I didn't start Errol Golden. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. He he got bad vibes from the situation. I had good vibes, so you know there was no real winner or loser from that conversation. But 
you know, he said, look, I feel like a lot of people are doing it and there's not a lot of historical data. And you know what? It was a massive risk on my part and a massive risk for those that did start him because it was on a hope and a group, hope and a dream. But that's all like a one in a million, baby. You can't be doing that if, too often. Yeah, I think I think we can probably I think we can probably get a bit more uh, granular with this in terms of the like, the starting the pod thing. I think if you're going to start a pod, you need to mitigate the risk by making sure that the pod you're starting isn't priced at a premium price so what do i mean by that i got a little bit of an advantage at the start of the year because i had guys like liam stocker and will setterfield and i can't remember who warple and hopper and stuff and they weren't massive pods a lot of those but they weren't in heaps of teams but the risk was smaller because each one only cost like between 200 and 300 dollars right so i was able to take those risks but it's not sacrificing a primo spot and I don't feel like I have to hold on to them because I'm looking at them as cash generators rather than as primos. Whereas a Dylan Moore who I just out of pure just determination I've held all year, all year, all year. And it's not worked out. The only other, like really, if I'm looking through the pods in quotation marks that we should have started at the start of the year, the only one I'm looking at and thinking, we, it probably was obvious that in hindsight that we should have picked him. Is Tom Libertore out of the top, let's call that, I don't know, 30 players, Tom Libertore for total points. And in hindsight, that's obvious because Josh Dunkley leaves. So someone has to get the points. I thought it was going to be Jack McRae again. In hindsight, we, we probably should have read the tea leaves and gone Tom Libertore. But he's the only one, he was in 2% of teams to start the year. He was the only one that I can think of in this top 20 to 30 players, maybe Charlie Kerner, who's 28th, that you should have started, which if that's a one or a two out of 30 player hit rate, that's why you start the pods. That's why you don't start the pods in your premium slots. Yeah, and and that's the thing. There's plenty of time to differentiate yourself or to make a break from the pack, and that's that's the role as well of making sure that you pick correct captains. Like those are the real make or breakers where it's making sure that you have those matchups and you don't end up putting yourself behind. Yeah, captaincy is a big one. I always try to focus on two things when I'm building my team, uh, which I did an article on this before the season began. One, obviously you need a, a, a regular VCC option. For me, that was Bont. But you're, I also looked at uh, and I did an article on this, who are going to be my captains during each buy round? Who do I want to target to get into my team for each buy round? Because I feel like that's where people start to differentiate, differ, differ, hmm, be different from everyone else. Yeah. I'm with you though. You need a fallback. You need multiple fallbacks. You need an Oliver, a Bont, a Merritt, a Neil, a Led. You need all. You need like three of those guys at least and probably more. I also think it helps them not all just being midfielders because it gives you multiple options to uh, use a loophole. Because I, I often get stuck where I, I want to VC and see, like, I want to VC a midfielder. It doesn't work out. And I'm like, well, my defender's already played. I can't take him off. Oh, it's a nightmare. So having having them split across lines, I think, just gives you that flexibility as well. Yeah. Oh, and don't start a zero. Clarky, don't start a zero. 
Wait, starting Nick Madden hasn't panned out? Well, I didn't start a zero, and yes, I've struggled to loophole because I've had playing players. But I my team value is uh, just under oh, because I because tr- I traded someone out just under fifteen million dollars, which I feel like is really good. But you can attribute three hundred or four hundred thousand of that total team value to not starting Nick Madden. Well, so you're is- so. You're approximately in, say, 5,000 spots above me. My team value yeah. is sitting 400,000 less than yours, which is the value of a playing player, really. Yes, and as a result, I'm able to have a Mason Redmond or a Callum Mills or a George Hewitt or all three of them sitting on my bench. And I think, and I'm not saying it's just because I didn't start Nick Madden, but I think that's a factor. I do think it's a factor. Interesting. I cannot remember who I started at R3, though, for the life of me. <laughs> what is it, Radigalia? Yes, it was Asava Radigalia. That's the, another one of those playing players who I thought in the depth chart would get games. So Asava Radigalia was my R3, and then eventually that was Briggs, and then by pure arsery, it became uh, Williams from West Coast, who has somehow played seven games in a row for me, which is insane, and I don't understand why or how, but it's not nothing. Yeah. So don't start a zero. This is all good advice. I've got another piece of advice for the AFL, Clarky. Yes, let's do it. Don't wait until three days before round 22 to announce your round 24 fixture, which is going to be vital in terms of game play, teams competing for finals, particularly when a lot of the teams playing each other are from different states to each other. It makes it very difficult to plan ahead or it not to cost a million dollars to go to the football. Yeah. Um, look, I've got to get it out there. It feels fucked to have an extra round of football. It doesn't feel right. Uh, my, my brain's all messed up from like, where's the bye? And when's the... The grand final is barely in September. <laughs> Barely. Do you do you think uh, they need to put an asterisk or 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 a qualifier in the song this year? The yeah. last day, technically in September. Yeah, that that that's the one. Because it doesn't it ju- it just doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't and fucking waiting this long as well. On a, it's just it's just stupid. Like there's just so many things that AFL constant. It just reeks of, well, we're the best you've got. And to be honest, like, I might have to turn to NRL. <laughs> That's oh, how desperate please. I'm getting. <laughs> All right, let's not be crazy. But, like, that- it's hard. And I'm, I, I've always been a, who cares about the kids? I don't give a shit about the kids. Just put the footy on whatever time. But 6.10 on a school night, like, I, <laughs> I barely want to go. And I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm I- not- I went to a one o'clock game. The no, not one o'clock. Uh, I went to the Bulldogs GWS game not that long ago, and um, yeah, I was I was exhausted. It was like five o'clock when that game finished, and I was ready for a nap, and <laughs> then had to travel home. Yeah, so that's going to be a late night. So uh, that's just a little, like just let us know ahead of time, please. How hard would it have would it have been to just have planned this? Uh, we should. By the way, I want to shout out, uh, I'm changing topics now, 
all of the, the AFL has actually endorsed an AFL fantasy product, which is awesome. It's just good. I like it. More super coach is better. More fantasy is better. So I just wanted to nudge the the people down at Super Coach HQ to get involved as well. Yeah, do it. What are you cowards? <laughs> I love shock jock Clarky. <laughs> it's only because I know they they don't necessarily have the direct power to enforce it, but. Oh, they have, no, they have, they don't. <laughs> but let's blame them anyway. Yeah, exactly. This is this is our version of custom being that Karen customer who walks in and goes, "I can't believe you've got every other flavor except for the flavor that I want." <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, what 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 is your favorite flavor? Of. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite mint, flavor? Actually, mint. Yeah, I, I'm actually of I'm all big, flavors. I'm a big mint guy, like chalk mint, um, arrow. Mint arrow is a top tier chocolate, and I refuse to hear any questions on this. Could you argue that uh, mint is the most uh, versatile of the flavors? Yeah, because it's a it dessert and fresh. it's clean. Exactly, it leaves you feeling fresh, and that's the most important part. Nothing better than like a bit of mint choc chip ice cream. You get that ice magic. And it's got to be ice magic, people. You put that on the way for it to harden. Crack that bad boy. Crack it like you're cracking your little brother on the head because he's taking your controller. My favorite flavor is sour. I don't know if that's a flavor. That's my favorite flavor. Sour Patch Kids? Just sour. Everything. The more sour, the better. I'm, I burned off all my taste buds many years ago on Warheads. So, um, <laughs> God, I'm getting, I'm getting mouthwatery just thinking about them. We need to end this goddamn podcast. No, that's that's scientific. If you think about something sour, it makes you salivate. Yeah, you're welcome, is fans. That, is that everyone, or is that just me? You, hey, listeners, write in. Right in, right into footy mailbag. Let us know. Right into jockmailbag at gmail dot com because we're not changing the email address. <laughs> you know I was wondering about that. <laughs> you know how much work it is to change and get a new email address. Seven. Not a lot, but we're not doing it. <laughs> so, if you have managed to listen this far, there will be. Well, thank you, uh, and thank you for joining us as well, Clarky. You're a beautiful man. I love it. I love it here. I love you. I love the listeners. I love you too. There will be a podcast next week. There will be a podcast the following week, which I think Patch will be on. I'm attempting really? to put to cover, put to cover, to put together a couple of uh, specials in the following weeks during the finals. Asterisk might not happen because I might just uh, retire with complete happiness. But as I said off the top, I've accidentally paid for the podcast feed for another year. So stay subscribed because I have a bunch of ideas. It won't be super coach specific, but I have a bunch of ideas that we will test on this platform, mostly because I've already spent like 110 bucks on it for the year. So we'll just we'll just keep using it. Yeah, why not? Let it ride. So yeah, don't unsubscribe when it's just me talking about painting my little figurines that I that I do. <laughs> Jock Reynolds is now a Warhammer podcast. You heard it here first. 
There's a strong chance. Thank you again, Clarky. You're a beautiful human being. No, I love being here. And listeners, if you've listened this far, maybe you can listen a little further and take yourself over to X and follow at Footy Mailbag. The mailbag will be returning next year, uh, although no longer under the Jock Reynolds brand. It'll be the same great show, uh, except it'll be uh, better because we've actually been improving. Uh, I don't know. Don't go back and listen to the old episodes and just take my word for it. But we're over at Footy Mailbag. Uh, I'm still tweeting out because we need that engagement, son. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're in already in the works for next year. Uh, so yeah, head over to X and you can find all of our links there at Footy Mailbag. Go D's. Yep, at Footy Mailbag. And it's not just Supercoach. It's footy as well. Are you going to keep doing your cool TikToks? Potentially. Whenever my spicy brain allows me to have the work ethic. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Go Blues. D's.